Open your Bibles with me to Deuteronomy chapter 11. Deuteronomy chapter 11. Deuteronomy chapter 11. Today I'm going to begin to conclude our heaven series. We've been talking about heaven since mid-July. Has this series helped anybody? Praise God. And so we're going to conclude it today. If you miss any of the series, we put all of our messages on our Faith Plus app and on YouTube for free so you can listen to them again and again and grow in your faith. So I'm not going to do any review. I'm going to jump right into it, going to Deuteronomy chapter 11. One of the things you've heard me say most often in this series is that the first time a believer experiences heaven should not be when they get there. They should be so well acquainted with heaven that they can pass out samples on the earth. The first time a believer experiences heaven should not be when they get there. They should be so well acquainted with heaven they can pass out samples on the earth. Deuteronomy chapter 11. We're going to look at verse 18. It says, Therefore shall you lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul and bind them for a sign upon your hand, that they may be as frontless between your eyes. And you shall teach them your children, speaking of them when you sit in your house. And when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, when you rise up, and you shall write them upon the doorposts of your house and upon your gates. Why? What is the purpose of them surrounding their lives with the Word of God? That's what they're doing. They're surrounding the life of the Word of God, and they're teaching their kids about the Word of God wherever they go. What is the purpose? That your days may be multiplied. And the days of your children. So your life and your kids' life multiply, but not just their long lives. Long lives in the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers to give them. So long lives in the promised land. So not just long lives, but long lives living out the promise that God made to them. Notice what it says next. As the days of heaven upon the earth. Say, days of heaven upon the earth. God wants you to have days of heaven on the earth. If this promise was made to those under an old covenant, those who weren't washing in the blood, those who didn't have the Holy Ghost, what is available to you, believer, washed in the blood, under a new and better covenant, as it tells us in the book of Hebrews? If they could have days of heaven on the earth in the Old Testament, so can you. Say, God wants me to have days of heaven on the earth. Let's say it again. Put it in the chat as well. Say, God wants me to have days of heaven on the earth. And so Moses giving them this instruction, surround yourself with the word. Talk to your kids about the word. Live the word so you can live a long life in the promised land and have days of heaven on the earth. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Open heaven, days of heaven on the earth. And open heaven, days of heaven on the earth. Go with me to Genesis 28. Genesis 28. Now we looked at this story earlier in this series. It's the story of Jacob. Now, a lot of us are familiar with Jacob because, you know, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And we know the story of Jacob and Esau. Anybody familiar with the story of Jacob and Esau? 
Now, when you think of that story and the drama between them and the sibling rivalry, you would think that those dudes must be young, right? It's like, they gotta be teenagers. Maybe they're 20s. Maybe they're 30s, right? Now, these boys were in their 70s when they were acting like that. They were in their 70s. Possibly their 80s. And so, now we're about to read a story of Jacob in his 70s is running for his life because he tricked his father to give him the blessing that his older brother wanted. So he's running for his life, and at this point, Jacob is not known for his integrity. He's not known for his faithfulness to God. He is just a rich kid who's not like kid anymore. So he's running for his life because his brother made a promise. He says, as soon as my father dies, I'm taking him out. And so his mother said, hey, you got to go. We have some family that lives over here. You got to go there. So he leaves. And he only has two things working for him right now. Two things. And you know what's interesting? You have the same two things working for you. He's a man of the covenant. The covenant promises apply to him. Why? He is the grandson of Abraham. He is a man of covenant. Although some of his choices up to now have been a hot mess. Although he has a harvest in front of him because of some bad choices he made. The promises of the covenant still apply to him. And isn't that good news? That even when you've done some dumb stuff, the promises of the covenant still apply to you. So Jacob has the promises of the covenant applying to him. So how does that apply to me? Well, the Bible tells us in Galatians 3 that if you believe in Jesus, if you belong to Jesus, you are the seed of Abraham. You belong to Abraham as much as Isaac does. I like to say it this way. If Isaac is blessed, so am I. Why? I'm the seed of Abraham, just like Isaac. I am as the much seed of Abraham as Isaac is because I belong to Jesus. And so if the blessing can work in Isaac's life, it can work in my life. If the covenant can work in Isaac's life, it can work in my life. And so Jacob is the son of Isaac. He's an heir of the covenant, and he's also blessed. And so are you. Galatians 3, you've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Why? So that the blessing of Abraham might come upon you. So Jacob has two things working in his life, just like you do. The covenant and the blessing. Say the covenant and the blessing. So now as Jacob is running for his life, he gets to a city called Luz and says, I'm just going to camp out here and go to sleep. And as he goes to sleep, he dreams. Notice what he sees. He sees a ladder that reaching up into heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending upon it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land where you lie to you will I give it and into your seed. And your seed shall be as the dust of the earth, 
and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south and in you and in your seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed and behold I am with you and will keep you in all the places where you go and will bring you again to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you of and Jacob woke up and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place? This is none other but the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone, and he put up for his pillows and set up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. For the name of the city was called Luz at first. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God be with me, and will keep me in this way that I go, and give me bread to eat and clothes to put on, so I will come again to my father's house in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God, and this stone which I've set for a pillar shall be God's house, and of all that he shall give me, I will surely give a tenth or a tithe unto him. So Jacob is fleeing for his life, but he has the covenant working for him, and he has the blessing working for him. And what did that produce over his life? An open heaven. This dude's a mess. Wouldn't you agree? Yet he had an open heaven. Angels ascending and descending around the spot where he was because of the covenant and because of the blessing. And if Jacob can have that, so can you. I said, if Jacob can have it, so can you. Go to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. Familiar passage to a lot of us. Let's go to Malachi chapter 3. It's going to start with verse 8. It says, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, Where and have we robbed you? God responds, In tithes and in offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat or provision in my house. And prove me now, put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, the God of angel armies. If I will not open to you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there should not be room enough to receive it, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, says the Lord of hosts, or the God of angel armies. And all nations shall call you blessed. Why would they call them blessed? Because the blessing of heaven was poured out upon them. For you shall be a delightsome land, says the Lord of hosts. So a couple things I want you to notice here. We see the tithe is a connection point to the blessing. And we see the concept of the tithe from the Garden of Eden. We see it in Abraham's life. We just saw it in Jacob's life. We see it throughout the Old Testament. We see it here in Malachi. We see it in the New Testament as well into the book of Hebrews in the New Testament. The tithe is a connection point to the blessing. And according to the scripture, the tithe opens the windows of heaven. Notice it said windows. There's more than one window. There's more than one window that can be open over your life. It says windows. Another translation says the floodgates. The floodgates of heaven, the windows of heaven can be opened over your life. So number one, we said the promise, and number two was the blessing. And if you want those to contribute to your life of having an open heaven, or days of heaven upon the earth, then you need to know the details of that blessing, the details of that covenant. You need to have faith in what God said about that covenant. You need to have faith in what God said about that blessing. 
And then you need to operate according to the details of that covenant and details of the blessing. See, make sure you're operating by the new covenant and not the old. Because if you keep trying to operate off the old, you'd be frustrated. Well, how can I learn the difference? I'm so glad you asked. You know, Faith Bible Institute, the last day to sign up is tomorrow. I'm just so glad you asked that question. Number three, being a tither is a key to experiencing heaven's outpouring and having days of heaven upon the earth. Go to Psalm 22, verse 3. Psalm 22, verse 3. So knowing the details, having faith in and operating by the details of the blessing and the covenant, being a tither. Number four, Psalm 22, verse 3. But you are holy, O you that inhabits the praises of Israel. God inhabits the praises of his people. So when you go throughout life, I'm not talking about just in church. He does inhabit the praises of people in the building during the experience time. But I'm talking about your life. When something happens, are you going to praise and worship? Or are you going to worry, whine, and complain? But pastor, did you see the news? We all saw the news. So what are you going to do? Are you going to praise and worship? Or are you going to worry, whine, and complain? But you don't know. Someone called me and said, someone texted me, where well, are you going to praise and worship? Or are you going to worry, whine, and complain? Because praising and worshiping God, even in the midst of drama, and the midst of stuff you don't understand, opens the door for heaven's presence to fill your life. But if you always are worrying, whining, and complaining, God doesn't inhabit that. Somebody else does. I don't think you want any more of him in your life. So if you want to have days of heaven on the earth and have heaven outpoured in your life, you need to be a person who praises and worships throughout the day. Now, that doesn't mean you need to get a recording contract. Your best might be a joyful noise. And that's okay. God likes to hear you sing. No one else may, but God does. But you don't have to break out in a song when something happens. Do you know what you can say? Thank you. Thank you. Father, thank you. I'm grateful. See, we always, see, we live in Atlanta. There's traffic everywhere, every day, all the time. I was driving back in from somewhere recently, and it was like at midnight. Traffic. I'm like, it was like a Saturday. I'm like, what are y'all doing? You should be going to bed. Y'all got, got church in the morning. What y'all doing? Traffic. So we can either whine about the traffic, complain about the traffic, which doesn't change it, it's Atlanta. Worry about the traffic? Or it's like, you know, Father, I thank you that I have a vehicle that can make it through the traffic. Because I could be walking. Oh, it delayed me. Well, think about it this way. Think about it this way. Never underestimate the power of delay. Because that delay could have been your deliverance. There could have been something about to happen, but you just happened to be delayed. And you're annoyed about the person who's like a Sunday driver in front of you driving slow, but you were protected by something. Or that delay set you up for something you wouldn't have experienced if you weren't delayed. So instead of going, oh, I'm being delayed again, just say, Father, I thank you. I'm going to get there exactly when I need to. 
the power of perspective. You're going to whine, worry, and complain? Because if you do that, you know you're also building negative and poisonous mentalities in your mind. That's going to take you forever to overcome. But if you choose to be grateful, you choose to be thankful, you're building positive mental strongholds, and you're opening the door for heaven to pour out in your life. If you want days of heaven on earth, you need to be a person that prays and worships every single day. Find something to be grateful for. Well, I don't have much. You, you talked. You said something. You got breath in your body. Be grateful. Be thankful. Find something. How many of you could taste your food today? Do you know how many people, first, didn't eat, number two, couldn't taste their food because of the virus? Find something to thank God for. Be a grateful people if you want to have days of heaven on the earth. Let's go to 2 Chronicles 7. So, Pastor, I'm doing those things, but not really having days of heaven on the earth. Doesn't seem like I'm living on open heaven. What then? 2 Chronicles chapter 7. Let's look at verse 12, something under the old covenant. It's the dedication of Solomon's temple. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I heard your prayer, and I've chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. So what, ha what should you do if it seems like you don't have an open heaven? If it seems like heaven is shut up, turn. You need to take some time and examine your own life and ask God, is there something I need to turn from? Or better yet, is there someone I need to turn to? Are there some things in my life that I'm doing that's preventing me from experiencing heaven's outpouring? Because you know, there are times on there there's sovereign outpourings of God. He's just pouring out, just pouring out. Not because someone did something right, it's just a sovereign outpouring, a marked time God is pouring out stuff. And you can miss it because you and your smart self is holding up an umbrella. Don't know why they're getting blessed. I don't know why they got that. Mm. Standing on the umbrella, Ella, Ella, eh, eh. God's pouring out. But what you won't turn from has become an umbrella. And you wonder, why am I not experiencing heaven's outpouring? Maybe you're blocking it. So you need to examine your life. Is there something you need to turn from? Is there area of life you have to turn to God on? Because what do you do? You turn and then you obey. Obedience is better than sacrifice. So we underestimate the power of obedience. You say, well, it's the age of grace. Yeah, but you still have a responsibility to grace. You're still supposed to be obey in the age of grace. Obedience didn't pass away under the old covenant. It's just a new covenant for you to obey. A new set of laws for you to obey. Laws of love. 
So I was like, man, I'd rather kill a goat than forgive them, but you know, hey. Don't look at me like that. You know, he was like, well, pastor, I kind of agree. Can we get that goat back? No. If he said forgive, you need to forgive. Put down your umbrellas. Get blessed. Turn and obey. Because, you know, when we look at Matthew chapter 3, when Jesus was going to get baptized by John, when Jesus showed up, John's like, whoa, I don't need to baptize you. I need you to baptize me. Now, John didn't want Jesus to baptize him in water. When you read all of Matthew chapter 3, John wanted the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. God told him that Jesus is going to be the one that can give that. And John said, that's what I want. So why should I baptize you? And Jesus said, just, let it, just do it for now. Because this fulfills all righteousness. Now, the people who were coming to John to be baptized were coming to John to be baptized saying they're turning away from their sins. Or they said, I'm going to live for God now. Those two didn't apply to Jesus. But God told Jesus to go get baptized by John. And so Jesus obeyed what his father said. Not caring what everybody else thought. And the opinions of others. And so Jesus said, just let it happen. Let's fulfill all righteousness. And when he was baptized, because he came out of the water and said, the heavens were opened. What did they open upon? Obedience. Heaven opens over obedience. Turn, obey, and pray. Turn, obey, and pray. We talked about this on midweek, that we need to be people who persist in prayer. Not just people who pray, well, God bless it, that's it. Those who persist in prayer. We looked at an example of Daniel's life and how there was one time Daniel was praying, and before he could finish praying, he got his answer. Anybody ever had experience that you turn to pray, and man, I can't even say amen, but I got exactly what I prayed for. Those are some wonderful times. Those are some great times, but that's not all the time. Because the next chapter, Daniel's praying, and the answer doesn't come like that. It took some weeks of persistent, continual prayer. And Angelic being showed up, and he encouraged and reassured Daniel, just want to let you know, as soon as you turned your heart to understand, as soon as you prayed, your prayers were heard. And as soon as that happened, I was sent to bring you this insight, this understanding. But what had happened was, I was resisted by the demonic powers over this area. See, sometimes you have to persist in prayer because there's resistance. And you think, well, why doesn't it show up? I prayed, I believed, I received, I named, I claimed, I shouted, I danced, I sold. Where is it? Persist. If it's worth getting, it's worth persisting. If it's worth having, it's worth pressing. We can't be those who give up so easy. Although we live in a day and age where we're used to stuff like this. Come on, it was just 20 years ago where we got CDs in the mail to access online. You put it in the computer, you got all those noises. Noises the kids today will have no idea what those mean. 
You go make yourself a cup of coffee, a cup of tea, check a few things, and 20 minutes later, you've got mail. But now let it take two seconds for a page to load. We got a problem. I paid too much a month for waiting two seconds for one page to load. That's how we are now. That's fine. But we can't let that mentality go to prayer. Or another way, you know, we can think about how even in maybe our grandparents or great-grandparents' time, how long it would take to cook a meal. How they had prepped it the day or a couple days before. And now you're like, I don't got time for that. Boop, 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 two minutes, let's go. Hey, just don't take that mentality to prayer. Not everything is microwave and prayer. Some things take persistence because of the resistance. And you have to press through in prayer. And because Daniel persisted in prayer, say, I pray like Daniel. Come on, say, I pray like Daniel. I persist in prayer. And because Daniel persisted in prayer, another angelic being was released to assist Daniel to fight. So the breakthrough happened and Daniel got what he needed. What have you given up on because you, that Satan was willing to outweigh you? You have to persist. You have to push. You have to press. You don't give up in prayer. That's why Jesus did that parable in Luke 18 that men ought to pray always and not faint. You have to keep praying. Keep standing for what God has for you. Turn, obey, and pray. Say turn, obey, and pray. See, Matthew 6 9 through 10 says, After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Notice how Jesus taught his disciples to pray. What's up there? Let it happen here. God, the way your will is done up there, let it happen here. Your prayer life can bring heaven to earth. Your prayer life can cause you to experience days of heaven on the earth. What's your prayer life like? So I don't have time to pray. You don't have time not to pray. Now, I didn't say you have to stay in your prayer closet all day. So I'm saying, I don't even have a prayer closet. I need to build one. No, I'm, that's not what I'm saying. You should start your day in prayer whenever that day is. Some of you work nights, and so your start of your day is later. Some of you walk way early in the morning. Your time of waking up is way earlier than most people. People are just turning over by the time you get to wake up. Yes, you should start your day in prayer. But that doesn't mean that's your only time of prayer. And it doesn't mean that's a time where you really press in prayer. It depends on you. Some of you are night owls. Any other night owls in here? So sometimes your best praying may be at night. So you plan to pray at night. That means... You got to pause Netflix. So you still watching? No, I need to pray. Don't need to watch that next episode. Season's good, but hit pause. Come on, I was watching a season last night. It's like, no, pause. I got to go to bed. I got to wake up a couple hours. I got to pray. You pause it, and you make time to pray. Dad Hagen would talk about how his, most of his prayer time was at night. 
because that was his personality. It's what he liked to do. But however you do it, whether it's in the morning, noonday, at night, you find time to pray. Because your prayer life can manifest heaven on earth. Amy Simple McPherson used to say it this way, all God is looking for is somebody who by faith will reach up into the storehouses of heaven and pull out a treasure and bring it down and give it to someone here on earth. Not just someone who knows how to bring heaven to their life, but someone who can get something from heaven and give it away. Your prayer life can bring heaven to earth and cause you to experience days of heaven on the earth. We all know Matthew 18, when it talks to us about whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. You know, Minister Kurt shared this about a month ago. One of the translations pretty much said, God will back you up. Heaven will back you up. But there's something very key that I want you to see in Matthew 18, verse 19. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. So we see heaven will back you up, and we understand the importance of our prayer life. But notice the importance of two or three agree. Because the issue is not heaven backing you up. Sometimes the biggest issue is getting two or three believers to agree about something. There's power in unity. Notice I said unity, not uniformity. Unity, not uniformity. Because if we all got together and were asked a whole bunch of questions, we can find out a whole bunch of stuff we disagree with each other on. And if we kept going down that path, depending on your background and how much you worked out of your BC days, some of you may have summoned some stuff up. We might fight. Earrings may be flying. Weaves may be flying. You know, weaves are for men and women these days, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> be an all-out brawl in the house of God. If we focus on what divides us, instead of the one who unites us, there's always something to be divided over. There'll always be something. So we can focus on what divides us, or we can focus on one who unites us. We can disagree and not dishonor. We can disagree and not divide. If we really value unity, then we can disagree and choose not to dishonor. There may be people, there are people, wonderful men and women of God. I love dearly, learned a lot from them. I disagree with some of the things they say, but I'm not going to dishonor them. I may disagree with something they said about politics, but I'm not dividing from them. Disagree, not dishonor. Disagree, not divide. Because just what, what happens if I was wrong and I divided from them because I didn't know enough? Disagree, don't dishonor. Disagree, don't divide. If you really value unity, if you really value heaven backing up what you say and what you pray.
You have to choose unity. And one of the ways to help you choose unity may be boundaries. There are some people who do not need access to your everyday life. Some you may have to love from a distance. Don't look at me like that. Family series starting next week. We're going for it. I'm working on a couple titles. One is called Who Said That? And the other one's called Dismantling Camelot. So I'm coming for you. Man, that was like a quietness in the house of God. Don't y'all skip the whole fall. But boundaries are healthy. You don't need to follow everybody on social media. Unfollow is powerful. Ooh, unfollow, yes, peace in my life. You don't have to comment on everything someone says. Well, they have to know what I think. No, they don't. I got to give them a piece of my mind. That's why there's not that many pieces left. So let it go. You can see something on social media you disagree, disagree with and keep scrolling. You don't got to reply. And if it bothers you so much, put your phone down. You do not have to be on that app. You know, in November, we have our time of fasting and prayer coming up. And some of you don't need to fast food. Some of y'all need to fast that device. Hallelujah. Where was I? There we go. We have to value unity. Because what happened on the day of Pentecost? They were in the place Jesus told them to be. What is that? Obedience. Then they were all in one accord and one place, and the Holy Ghost was poured out. What was that? Unity. What happened at the dedication of Solomon's temple? When all the priests, the musicians, the Levites got together and began to praise and worship the Lord in one voice, on one accord, and then the glory of God filled the house. What was that? Obedience, because they built it and were doing exactly what God said, and now they are unified. There's power in our unity. That's why Satan does whatever he can to keep the church bickering and squabbling and fighting. Because if we unite, he can't do nothing. Because sometimes both sides are wrong. And the only way it gets fixed is if Jesus walks in and fixes it. But what did he promise? If two or three are gathered in my name, there I am. So there are times Jesus can walk in and say, look, all y'all wrong. And he walk out better. Like, what happened? I don't know. We got on one accord. God did something in us. There's power in unity. We must value our unity. Because what could God do through a people who are united around the purpose? A people who are united to a night awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. Yeah, we got multiple locations now. One church, many locations. We may have multiple campuses, but we're still one. And if we stay one, then God can do amazing things. But we have to value unity, which means we squash drama. Which means we don't entertain gossip. Well, did you hear? Oh, is that what happened? Let's pray about it right now. Come on. Oh, if you're sharing it, you must have a burden to pray. Come on, let's pray. 
You know, you squash a lot of drama that way. Oh, I don't want to pray about that. Why are you talking about it? See, sometimes if you're not going to pray about it, you don't need to post about it. Because all of us got political opinions, but are you praying for them? I can't believe the president, the Congress, the this, the that, this. Are you praying for them? Or are you just posting about them? Yeah, I'm glad you got 60 likes and went mini viral. <laughs> but did that change anything? Could you bring yourself in the 30 seconds it took for you to post that to pray for them? Depending on the height of the office, that office deals with demonic resistance. You can get the best person in office, whoever they, he or she may be. They can be elected, but now they're up against demonic resistance. And the only one that can fend it off is a praying church. But if the church is prayerless, they're going to follow the sway of the enemy. You see, if we're going to be people who have days of heaven on earth and live under open heaven, where angels ascend and descend around us and where God assigned us, that lets you know there are times in your life you will come up against resistance because what you carry and what's open over your life is in direct opposition to the systems of this world. So you can't give up and give in just because you ran into some resistance. Just know what you bring to the table, what you brought into the room, is enough to make Satan mad and scared. So you don't give up. You do these things by being a person of the covenant, a person of the blessing, by being a tithe by being a praise and a worshiper, by turning, obeying, and praying, and being committed to unity. And what's going to happen? You'll see more of heaven poured out over your life, more of the incoming that keeps coming from heaven. That doesn't matter how long it takes, when you walk into the room, breakthrough walks in the room. Why? Because of what's open over your life. Remember, we talked about last week with the authority of the believer. As an ambassador, you're the highest-ranking official. So stop letting some low-ranking stuff in your life. Stop letting the low-ranking stuff determine your life. Don't yield to the low-ranking stuff. Walk under an open heaven. If you're not seeing the open heaven, examine your life so that you can turn from things you may need to turn to, that you may obey, that you may pray. Be unified. Value unity. There's a whole lot of things going on that I may, I know I definitely don't agree with, with some things. But I love them above what they're doing. So instead of, you know, I could do a 12-week series of why I don't agree with them. But unless the Holy Ghost told me to do it, that's just flesh. And that's not going to bring unity. It's not going to bring the blessing. So we have some decisions to make as individuals, as a church body, and the body of Christ at large. If we really want the outpouring of heaven, we got to do these things. Because if the church, even a local church, could get on board to do that. Because one more thing about division before I close. Satan is trying to divide the church over every little issue. 
getting mad at people whether they wore a mask or not, whether they're vaccinated or not. Disagree, don't dishonor. Disagree, don't divide. Where they come around and say, you know what, we ain't talking about it. Why? Because I value unity. So we ain't just gonna talk about it. We're not. I may talk to you about Jesus, talk to Jesus about you, but we ain't talk about a one-on-one. Why? I value unity. I value the outpouring. Some of you with adult children, that might be God's message to you. He said, I talked to him about it for 50 years. Well, maybe you should stop talking about it. Is God telling you to talk about it? Leave it. I said, God, I turn it to you. And you pray about it. But it doesn't mean you have to keep talking to him about it again and again and again and again. Disagree, don't dishonor. Disagree, don't divide. Set appropriate, healthy boundaries. Walk in love and forgive everybody of everything so heaven can work in your life. The strife and the envy and the trauma is not worth heaven's outpouring. You know, we minister to people who are addicted to a number of things. Some people are addicted to drama. And you need to let that go. Always finding yourself in the mess. If it's always you, if you ain't the one fixing the mess, it'd be one thing. If you always find yourself in a mess and you're fixing it. But if you always find yourself in a mess and it's a circus and you're just the ringleader, just enjoying the circus, <laughs> there may be some things you need to address in your own life. I don't know why I keep attracting the wrong man. Oh, see, I'm getting too, you know, serious, serious. In a couple weeks, come back for that one. Maybe there's some decisions you need to make. Maybe there's some places you need to stop going. There's individual decisions we want to make, that we need to make, if we value heaven's outpouring, if we want the glory of God in our lives, if we want to be carriers of a glory that inhabits this building to such a point that when people walk in, they say, ooh, I sense God, that it grows to where sleep seeps out into the neighborhoods, that they're just going home. They have no idea we're here, but they're running into God because we've been carriers and host of his presence. Remember when Jesus was baptized, I'll close here. Stand to your feet. And the Holy Spirit descended upon him as a dove. If a dove landed upon your shoulder and you wanted the dove to stay, what would you do? How would you walk? Some of you said gently. Some of you would say carefully. But how about aware? You would walk in awareness of the dove on your shoulder. As I close this series on heaven, walk in awareness of the Holy Spirit who's on your shoulder. Walk in awareness of the invitation to have an open heaven. Walk in awareness of God's invitation for you to have days of heaven upon the earth. Father, I pray for your presence to flow through their being right now. Remove every sickness, disease, pain, infirmity, variant and virus and spirit of infirmity. Cause the blessing to increase in their lives. And 
every debt to be canceled. Cause favor to be poured out upon their life and go before them and cause things to turn for their good. And as were those who are heirs of salvation, who are recipients of the ministry of angels, may it increase in our lives and flow the way it should. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your presence, for your anointing. We command burdens to be removed right now, yokes to be destroyed right now. For the very fire of God to minister to people right now in this room and in their homes. Father, make us aware. Show us what we need to do so we be hosts of your presence, of your glory, of heaven. So we can have days of heaven on earth that combats and overcome the hell that's on earth so that we can pass out samples and win multitudes to Jesus so that we can ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm going to go minister to your brothers and sisters in Marietta, but I'm going to have Minister Kurt lead us in a time of prayer for this area, for the outpouring of God upon this area. We're in agreement that this area needs an outpouring, right? There's a unity. There's more two or three of us right now. We're about to pray, and we're going to see it in the days ahead. Minister Kirk. Praise God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we just praise you, Father God. We just set all of our hearts in agreement, Lord. You said where two or three are gathered in agreement, Father God. Hallelujah. Heaven backs us, Father God. We just praise you for that, sir. Glory to God. Father, we thank you for calling us to this area, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, that you have caused us to be a light to this area. You have called us to be a light to this area. And so, Lord God, we just pray in Jesus' name for a great outpouring of your spirit, Father God, upon this house, Father, and all the area around it, Father God. We just pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that the glorious light of the gospel will shine from this place and that every single lost person that's in this area, Father God, will, Father, see and understand the gospel, Father, and be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth, Father, even through this ministry in the name of Jesus, Lord. We pray, Father, for great outpourings and manifestations of the Spirit through healing, Father God, through deliverances in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father God, we covet the best gifts, Father God, as we go to our neighborhoods, as we go to our jobs. Lord, we thank you that you are not limited to demonstrating yourself here in this building, but that, Father, your presence abides with every believer that's in here. And, Lord God, you go. Your presence goes with us. Your presence goes with us to the job. Your presence goes with us to our homes, Lord God. And so, Father, we just thank you, Lord, and we covet the best spiritual gifts in the name of Jesus, not just here, but in our homes and on our jobs, Lord God however you want to demonstrate yourself, Lord, to the world. 
Lord, this world is getting darker and darker, but we have the light of Jesus on the inside of us. And we are ready, Lord God, to be the light that you have called us to be in this earth, Lord. And so, Father, help us, Lord, to change our focus, to get our focus off of the wrong things, Lord God, and to set our affection on you like you tell us to do in your word, Lord God. You said to set our affections on things which are above and not things that are on the earth. Whatever is going on on the earth, you don't want our focus to be there. You want our focus to be in heaven where there is nothing but victory, where there is nothing but light, where there is nothing but power and glory. And Father, as we do, we thank you, Lord God, that it will manifest itself through us in our lives, Father God, and in the lives of people that we are connected to and people that we will encounter, they will just sense the love of God coming from us. They will be impacted by the power of God. Lord, we just thank you, Father God, that you are ready to just speak a word in due season to the lost Father through us. Lord, help us to get the right focus and have mercy on us, Lord God, for letting distractions hinder the will of God that you want to accomplish through us. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we are sorry for playing church. We repent for playing church, Lord. And we allow you to be who you desire to be in us and through us in this world. This world is not our home. We are passing through. We are ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord, to be consciously aware of that every single day. And Father, help us, as Pastor has been saying, to pass out heaven on the earth. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for being so loving to us. Thank you for your loving kindness, God. Thank you, Lord, for the call of God on each and every life that's represented here today. In Jesus' name, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Keando lobo sika baha Repeke no lobo sangambashe Betista Rapeke ndunda bashangamasi 
Yebeata yanda labase e frombonga namasha. Elendongonze imbro osha pakasi. Deala ambrandongorosa a a ashe e e e e e beshi. Tustaurambanga namoso. Have I not called you, saith the Lord? Have I not chosen you, saith the Lord? Submit, trust, walk in the way that I have commanded you to walk. Follow my lead, imitate me as I have told you to, and you will see the glory of God manifest in this earth, and others will see my glory manifest in this earth. And they will begin to shout, and they will begin to proclaim, and they will begin to rejoice that there is a God in the midst of the earth. They will see and know and understand that I am the true and living God, that you are my people. As I demonstrate myself through you to my own glory, they will submit, they will surrender, they will see that there is hope in me. And Jesus will be magnified. My son will receive glory and honor as you submit to me and you surrender to me and as you walk with me. And people will be saved and set free, saith the Lord. And you will see that there is nothing to fear that the enemy will never outdo me, but that he will, you will see that I have given you the victory and you will not be ashamed, saith God. But I need you to trust me, see? I need you to trust where I tell you to be. I need you to trust where I tell you to go. I need you to trust what I tell you to do. And you will see victory, victory, victory continually, saith the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah.